Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics oh. Show Pubcast. The podcast ain't nuts, it's the Politics Show Pubcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yay. That's now me, the Sargentinas. <laughs> Woo. Oh, you liked it this time. Yeah, we can we can edit. I did one intro, throw that one intro ante, so we can swap it out depending. Can't on make your mind up. Mood, mood swings. No. Um, it's a live issue. You should be dominating the political headlines, whether or not there's going to be a Falklands War Part Two, come February. The sequel. Uh huh. Yes, the Falk, the, the second Falklands War. As um, a disciple of um, Milo, yeah. What is your position on the Falklands? Um, I think we should respect the wishes of the Falklanders who voted overwhelmingly to remain British. That's interesting because obviously he has to do the thing that every Argentine premier does and say that the Falklands are Argentine. But he's actually also done the quite unpopular thing of saying we have to respect the wishes of the islanders and seeing mm-hmm. as they want to be British, maybe we won't actually go to war. He also loves Thatcher, which is an interesting thing for an Argentine politician. They, um, they, they believe her to be a war criminal Yeah, in Argentina because of the sinking of the Belgrano. So. Who's like our equivalent? Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Ava, are you a um, are you a melee head a fan? Yeah, love uh, big puppy. Mm. Papacito, Avi. Papacito, eh? Hey. Hey, papi. Um, <laughs> no. he's there. I'm talking to him. Hey, papi. He's he's here watching the podcast, and we're not interviewing him. He's just the big. He's, run, he's running production. Uh. <laughs> Do you think he'd do it? Do you think he'd come on and do the podcast? No, he because he. What did he say? Uh, you did the translation. Al sordo de la mierda. Yeah, yeah. No puedes la milimetro. Un milimetro. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Don't get you. You you quoted it on the podcast. I didn't. The last episode. Yeah. Well, no, we didn't quote it. Sorry, I meant Oh, did. we played it out. Yeah. Did you not translate it? Yeah, I did, and then I cut Ed off from like saying something that he shouldn't. That is not remotely. <laughs> <laughs> you were dying to say that word. No, 
<laughs> Ed is absolutely desperate. Every single record before we start recording, I have to say, Ed, you can't say the N word. You can't say the other <laughs> word. You can't say the F word. I have a list. <laughs> this one, this one, this word one. Ed can't say. Uh, yeah. big, there's a big, there's a big like, there's a chi word over there. <laughs> I go to say. <laughs> But famously, for on the record, that's not true. Just for the record, prevent any bad faith takes. I would describe this as gaslighting. Yeah, that's what someone describes Ava's behaviour towards me as. Yeah, but that was quite self-aware gaslighting. Oh, it's okay then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I know I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so it excuses it. Oh, it's intentional. Yeah. So it's fine. Yeah, but I mean, if you feel like that, <laughs> Golden Boy, how are you? Uh, confused. How are you? Uh, you're not confused. You're very well. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> and Ava and I are fantastic. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah, I'm good, Ava. Never ask, Ed. You never ask. Just, would it kill you to just ask Ava how she is every now and then? So, well, we're not breaking with the format of the intro. No, no. X number of episodes in. But also, we're, we're going to break you. <laughs> I'm just going to cry. <laughs> but at the end of the episode, there's. Uh, um... Yeah, are you okay? Yes, thank you. Good. How are you? Ava, how are you? Oh, yeah. No, I'm good. Thank you for asking. And yeah. Thanks. Only 80 episodes in. Yeah. Ava Santina, how yeah. are you? Thank You know, Ollie, you always ask. I do ask, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I care. It's very yeah. try hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely pick me. Pick me. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Golden Boy and the Capital J journalist here. Yes. To do your budget reaction. Whoa. Yeah. We've got a jam-packed episode. Huge. We've got the autumn statement. We've got PMQs. And we're going to fucking top it all off with some sphere chat. Introduce it correctly. Journalists schooled by councillor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ava's interview with the councillor who blocked, was part of the campaign to block the sphere in mm-hmm. London. Um, are you still well, pro-sphere after your conversation with, with them? I may have been wrong. <laughs> they actually made some very valid points. He opened his mouth and I went, oh God, I got this so wrong. <laughs> cool. Yeah. We probably shouldn't we probably shouldn't lead with the sphere. I feel no. like we should probably lead with the autumn statement. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. Are we not doing PMQs? I think I think we go autumn statement PMQs. Yeah. Not chronological order, but I would say news order. Yeah, that's the running order. Cool, glad we've decided that. Absolutely. Maybe you think it's the running order. Hey. <laughs> Ava knows what the running order is. Okay. You don't. I'm going to sit in silence and listen. I'm going to just become an audience member for this episode. That would be welcome. Because I can't fucking read. <laughs> <laughs> you really wanted to get in a joke about someone not being able to read today. Yeah, there's quite a few. Why? Who do you think can't read? <laughs> this is a peek behind the scenes for the audience. We were joking about so Lindsay Oil told off an MP during um, Richard Reed's response to the awesome statement, and just he did, he did the thing like go and have a cup of tea if you prefer. Do not. So we we're kind of just joking about being like boisterous Lancashireman, reminiscent of Guantanamo by threatening to scold MP with boiling water and leaves. <laughs> So, uh, I I wrote up an opening, like reminiscent of the thing. I don't think you were here for it. But it was when Ollie and I did the seventies newscast, news broadcaster thing, 
we thought we'd do that as if we were at some like right wing Ruth podcast, like welcome to politics truth featuring us, like that kind of tone. And I wrote it up and one of the lines was about someone said that their constituents would not be interested in the budget because they can't read. So that is the backstory to that joke. The the outcome of that conversation was I said, I don't think that will work. So let's not do that, but thank you, Ed. So what we've settled on instead is Ed relaying what the concept was, <laughs> but us not actually doing it. So we should do it. We can cut it if it doesn't work. No, I think. I, well, if you send me £10 on PayPal, I'll forward it to you. You want me to... Not you, you. not them. <laughs> okay, schmucks. Yeah. I'm, 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 uh, I'm soft launching a Patreon I from a sketch. I think you should <laughs> I think you should do sketches on OnlyFans. On OnlyFans? Yeah. What, like, with my dick? <laughs> no. Why do we only fans? Are, not I, they, only, only fans have been doing this huge PR push. Yeah, and they send send us the PRs, and it's they're not like, working. You know, um, promote your music on OnlyFans. Yeah. Put your comedy on OnlyFans, and they don't get that. At all. They're desperate. <laughs> they're desperate to like rebrand themselves as like the home of paid content rather than just they've really porn. They've really lost that battle. Did I you, think that's so woke, isn't it? Did, uh, <laughs> did you see that um, porn star in the states outing? San, the San, Santos, who he paid like more than four hundred thousand dollars to her OnlyFans. Did you see? And she was like, "I rated his dick." Everyone, every OnlyFans star in the US did that. Oh, they all did. Like, it's true. It's, not- it's true that George Santos did pay for an OnlyFans, but as like every OnlyFans girl was like, "It's mine." And oh, like, it became a meme. Yeah, but it was a meme, and like good marketing. Did you subscribe to hers after that? Well, one hundred percent. Well, can you can you Just subscribe? The company. Can you subscribe if you're already subscribed? Was <laughs> <laughs> that called? No, she did that. Shut the fridge. It's the Joe Politics Podcast. Top lines, Ava Santina. Top lines on the autumn statement. What's the vibe? Well, if you're going to buy a house, you need to buy it in the next year. You need to buy it in 2025. Price is going down, and then after that, it's right back up again. That's the OBR report. Sorry, that was that's the thing that's stuck into my head. It means we've got 18 months now to buy and then after that don't bother top line is national insurance two percent yeah mm-hmm. hot if you're earning over fifty thousand pounds Th- does it then trans i think was eight pound a month mm. so it's about yeah they reckon average what was it about 300 pounds it's going to save you yeah something like that um most people about 150 pounds a year so you know that's about a pint isn't it yeah they're going to bring in also they're going to pull in the national insurance that that's going to come out in sorry that's going to come into effect in january which is revealing because may election Mm, that's what everyone's saying that's what everyone's saying because typically it would be the start of the next financial year correct Mm. rather than january but january gives it enough time to kick in yeah or may i would just like to do a little bit of housekeeping Mm. if i may everyone's saying tax cuts that's what they're all saying and i think that is a lie let me tell you for why and I also rhyme. <laughs> uh, the cuts that he's announced amount to about £10 billion, roughly. However, because of the freezing of the tax thresholds that this government has implemented, these cuts still don't... The, the net the net of it is still an increase in tax. Like Taxes are way higher now than they were in 2019. So suggest that like this budget is tax cuts, I think, is dishonest. Mm-hmm. Mm. You're focusing on the wrong bit, though. Oh, am I? You're so, focusing on the facts. <laughs> um, and Nora, it's now my turn to be gaslit. 
<laughs> this is Jeremy Hunt channeling Eva. Yeah. So what they're saying is... Sorry, what, so what should I focus on? Sorry. Yeah, no, you're completely correct that the burden is up. Yeah. But... I said tax cuts. What so why don't you just shut up and take your tax cuts? Mm-hmm. We're going into an election with tax cuts. He also correctly told us that there are now more police, teachers, nurses under this Conservative government. And if you think anything differently, then you're obviously looking at the figures and not thinking with your head. <laughs> you're not supposed to know, Ezra Reed. No. It's, you know, it's the whole two plus two equals five stuff, right? It's the fact that stagnation... <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> it's that, you know, stagnation equals stability. It's that, um, you know, inflation is falling. And when it was rising, obviously, that had absolutely nothing to do with the government. But now that it's falling, it has absolutely everything to do with the government and is entirely our responsibility. It's that we're cutting taxes and that that equates to responsible fiscal management, even though it's going to make it far harder to balance the books in the next parliament. With, and because the fact that some of the budgets for the unprotected officers of state are going to stay sort of in real cash terms, it amounts to something like a £16 billion cut for some of these budgets from between now and, like I think, 27, 28. And it's just the the... The double think, the double speak, which is so pervasive that, you know, um, they say this is fiscal responsibility, but it's kind of like an incomplete denial of the fact that public services are already in crisis, that we're going to, we're going to, we've got 10 billion to spend, so we're going to spend it on tax cuts rather than, let's say, I don't know, pick a public service. You're talking about fuel duty there, right? The f- fuel duty increase. Uh, I think also as well, what do we got? Alcohol duty freeze as well. Well, but that's it. The fuel duty. Um, if they don't implement it and they haven't implemented it yet but if they don't implement it that means all of the headroom that they've projected will be reduced by 43 percent so it's it's they're really thinking with their feet and not their head no we've told you don't do that (laughs) so they're following their own advice actually I just I the, I don't think the conservative party is capable of interpreting the economy in any way outside of their dogma which is that the British state is too big mm-hmm. and the, the problems, the economic malaise is always because of the excesses of the state and therefore we have to reduce the state. Like Sunak's, Sunak believes the state should not get bigger and bigger and bigger and that is in complete denial of the fact that the British state does less than it did in 2010. Yeah. yeah. But they keep making the state bigger, right? Yeah. So while telling you we'd like a smaller state, the state is too big, they make the state bigger? I also thought one of the big takeaways was um, fall in householding, fall in household incomes from the OBR. I thought that was pretty, um, pretty worrying. Three and a half percent. Yeah, you're going to be worse off than you were pre-pandemic. Mm. Is the uh, I put oh, it recently. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was not rich pre-pandemic. What's that... living in a warehouse? <laughs> you're gonna, you're, that warehouse is not going to have a roof. They're going to make you move back in. There's that actually day. not a roof on that warehouse anymore. Oh no. Um, a couple of years after I got, I, I moved out, um, it got drug busted. <laughs> wasn't in my warehouse. It wasn't in my bit. It was like all along the top of it. Someone else owned the top of the warehouses. Gosh. Big weed farm. Oh, no. Which made so much sense like when they said it because that warehouse was always so hot. Mm. It was like, why is it so hot in here? There's no heating on. There's <laughs> loads of fucking lamps upstairs. <laughs> heating lamps. Fucking grow up. Yeah. So yeah, three and a half percent fall in household incomes between the last election and the next, which is the largest since ONS records began in the nineteen fifties. And that's people aren't stupid as well, though, are they? As and that's how they'll vote. That that's 
there was something about um, young voters and how they perceive the armor's handling of Israel and Palestine, even though young people are proportionally more likely to be more favourable to, towards Palestine and to back a ceasefire, it has no effect on their whether or not they're going to vote Labour, almost, because how they're voting is in their pocket. So you have the people who, the young people, but like Dino, who has a new build, the headlets, his couch, his car, he lets everything, that's going to become more expensive and he wants change. So regardless of how people are going to be, regardless of the activist left potentially deserting the Labour Party, you have the influx of normies, I guess, who are more affected by the money in the pocket than anything else. I think this. I think the, the the statement poses an interesting question for Labour, because they either they either oppose it, uh, in which case they play right into the Conservatives' hands of being able to say, you know, profligate spending. Twenty eight. You could tell already, right, from this announcement, the twenty eight billion figure on um, the environment green transition is going to be huge for the Conservatives. They plan to hammering that. So if, if Labour oppose it in strong terms, it'll be uh, classic Labour, totally profligate, going to spend all your money. If they don't do that and they sort of agree either in parts or in full, they're bind they're binding themselves into incredibly strict fiscal rules that basically mean they won't be able to do anything when the next when they're when they're in power. So it's actually quite a um it it poses an interesting conundrum for the Labour Party. Mm, it's also they're setting a lot of traps for the Labour Party, mm. right? So the Chancellor's headroom is about, God, I actually had it written down, yeah, about £13 billion headroom, right? Mm. Normally a Chancellor would have about £30 billion worth of headroom. If we follow the premise that they are going into a May election, that means that the potential incoming Labour government has absolutely no headroom spending-wise. Also, all, most of that headroom, nearly half of it, is reliant on introducing the fuel duty, which Labour would then have to introduce. Mm. So, and if they don't, They've got this wonderful line, the Conservatives in opposition of, you've got no headroom whatsoever. Traps. Yeah, look, th I think they're going to inherit a, a colossal mess. And how they handle that is um, it's going to be incredibly hard, right? Because there's this, there's this deep desire now within everyone in, in society for sort of um, an improvement in public, uh, public services and improvement in living standards. And if they're not able to deliver that, this is why I think I've, I've said this before on the pod that uh, the I think Kisama he could win a huge majority, but actually have very little time to make the change that people desire. And that whilst he could be emboldened by a colossal parliamentary majority, that actually it's a very fickle majority and could fall away from him in the space of one parliamentary term. Do you think? Do you think that the tactic of saying who? The Conservatives in opposition say there is no headroom. You guys are cocking up. Could they just just not be like, yeah, because of you guys? <laughs> like, yeah, look at the fucking like you guys were in government two months ago and have been for thirteen years. Do it, or do you think they're? I should say exactly like that. Yeah, holy <laughs> shit! I don't know. People like authenticity, and it would be annoying. How does Keir Starmer speak through his gritted teeth? Our guys were in opposition three months ago. I, I don't like room for a minister now. Quite unsettling, that. Yeah. But I think rage is an untapped mm. tactic, maybe. 
or Labour. They can get the Conservatives are all over that rage, aren't they? Because they're still pulling up the "you left us with no money" note that was left after New Labour. Yeah, but um, Greg Hunt is gone now. Or out. <laughs> what? What? What have you done with him? <laughs> well, he's not the chairman of the Conservative Party anymore. Where is he? He's <laughs> uh, <laughs> <It was> under here. <laughs> his constituency in West London, weeping into the notes. But I think that tactic will be quite embarrassing. Public Greg Hand's flip flop note mm-hmm. tactic. Well, it didn't work. Hasn't worked in by elections and so so on. So maybe I think they might retire that gimmick. Yeah, perhaps. You know, potentially, if you, you know, hypothetically, if they are setting traps for the next government, if that's how they've used their autumn statement to just set a whole load of traps, and you could prove that, should they not go to like prison? <laughs> not to sound like a real centrist, it's, it's really bad. It's like guys, salting the earth. Guys, I get it. I get the personal vendetta, but also, what the fuck? Yeah. They should go to prison. Yeah, it's like, we're going to make sure the house prices crash. <laughs> so that is a cultured take. Absolutely. Prison Ed in 2016 being like, it is disgusting that Donald Trump has said Hillary Clinton should be locked up. <laughs> Ed, in 2023, <laughs> they should be in prison. My political opponents should be in prison. Me, prison. me, me. <laughs> Absolutely. Everyone should be in prison, bar me. You get to go out when I choose, and that will be never. We saw an XL bully earlier. Oh, yeah, you said. Mm. It was walking a man. <laughs> Ava shouted at him, who's walking who? No, I didn't. <laughs> you should have done. They are, it was, I, they are it was, big dogs. It was, it was a I didn't want to walk past it. I, want, I wanted to go the other way. It was a juvenile. It was an adolescent XL bully. Mm-hmm. And it was yanking this bloke all over the place. Like, he could not control it. Was it, it moving like was a Was it a juvenile? A puma. <laughs> yeah. A puma. How do you say it? Puma. I did Puma as well. I love that you say Puma, though. That is fucking sick. <laughs> it was a Jaguar. A Jaguar. Puma. Puma, no? Puma. Yeah. No, it could be Puma, but you said Puma. Puma. It is Puma. It's a Pummy. Is that in Espanol? I'll get my mum on the phone it's right now. Puma. Anyone from South London and ask them how they say it. Not... In fairness, how often does it come up? Yeah, well, that's that's why it hasn't <laughs> made the transition to my new voice. I probably haven't <laughs> said it in like 10 years. No, I'm giving it away. <laughs> Uh, be your juvenile XL bully yeah was it just a different class of size of American bully rather than a juvenile because an XL bully is just like the biggest of the breed that is American bullies you know um, you know how a puppy is kind of quite its movement is quite awkward Mm -hmm. and also they seem like bizarrely flexible you know they're kind of like a bit all over the place because they're not Eh. But in utero, is that what? <laughs> no, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to, when like something is so enraptured, like its cartilage is all fucking fused together. Uh-huh. It's muscular, it's bound, it's tight. It knows its locomotion is is done. It's mm-hmm. been doing it thousands and thousands of times. It knows how it's going to move. Whereas like a juvenile puppy is kind of like, you know, swinging the hips it's, like a slalom. It's not used to how big it is. What that fang do, girl? <laughs> God. Its shoulders were moving kind of like, like, like ships coming out of the sea like it was incredible to watch this thing move it was a because how muscly it was yeah yeah they are and it was do you know what it looked like it looked like sisyphus with the with (laughs) moving the rock but what it was doing was moving the owner it's actually a very common reference point because we were all there as sisyphus repeatedly rolled his stone up the hill (laughs) we all know what that looks like a couple of pummers (laughs) sisyphus and his pummer train 
Rocky that rock up the... It was uh, Sisyphus and Pummers <laughs> throwing the rock up the hill. That's funny, isn't it? No, just, yeah. We're just going after each other for how they speak now, yeah? <laughs> yeah. We do do it to him. We you, do do it well, to I know. That, <laughs> quite, I'm yeah. gaslighting. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry. I forgot. That's you what, do do that quite a lot. I forgot the, the gaslighting episode, yeah. I think every episode has been the gaslighting episode. I've never way. taken the piss out of Ed, particularly the way he pronounces WHs at the beginning of work. Yeah. <laughs> never. Never do that. It would be deeply disrespectful. I can just read. Can you read, Frag? <laughs> yeah. Read that right there. No, I won't. I won't uh, degrade myself. A principled stand. I'm not a performing monkey. Um, um, so the economic consensus is they need growth. They all need growth. Yeah. One one takeaway from it was, God, it was so impressive how he sliced and diced. You've got to hand it to him. Those figures were not good that he was reading out, but he made it sound positive. <laughs> so you don't need to hand him fucking anything. That is that is senior level gaslighting. Economy, bad, fault, arse. <laughs> yeah. Hand him a fucking P45. That's it. That's it. You got to hand to him. What did you make of when he said he was talking about um, benefits claimants? Having the the moral, it was like a moral duty to work. Great. So 2004. Very Victorian. Great workhousey, wasn't it? Yeah. Being like, like, it's it's like the the idle poor, the deserving poor and the idle poor. You know that um, like old meme format that was like things that would kill a Victorian child Uh or things that would put a Victorian child into a coma? Bear me on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I would say the limited amount of headroom that he's left himself. (laughs) We put a Victorian <laughs> child into a coma. <laughs> so yeah, basically, uh, they're gonna if you can't find work, they're gonna put you on compulsory work placement, and if you decline that work placement, you will have your benefits cut off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which seems fair. Does it? I think it seems cruel. I think it seems, <laughs> I think it seems cruel, personally. <laughs> That's why you're wrong. It's just, <laughs> again, uh, you're not listening to the Chancellor. Yeah, really evil, isn't it? Mm. Nice, good old fashioned. But then again, another trap for the Labour Party because they'll have to come in and say things like, I don't think we should take disabled people's welfare away from mm. them. I think we should probably give them the benefit of the doubt and their doctor's advice <laughs> that yeah. they're too sick to work. Yeah. And the Conservatives will go, oh, they love giving away money. I'll tell you what was good though. He did um, uprate benefits in line with the September inflation figures rather than the October ones, which was being touted as a possibility. But they had, they had been stagnating for a very long period of time. True. Um, and you could also make an argument that they caused the inflation, right? So people have been suffering for about a year now. And then to then turn around and hand it to them like, we're going to help you despite inflation, the inflation that we caused is actually a bit redundant. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Oh. Anything? Is there anything that he could have said that you think could win the Conservatives in the next election? Build one million small holdings. Okay, for the constituency of not Ollie Doug Moore. <laughs> Build a million new homes. <laughs> yes. new, new home. Oh, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Five million new homes, one million of which are small holdings. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that was actually lose. I think that was people like, what the fuck? This is weird shit. <laughs> no, Labour are promising to ban smallholders. No, we're, we're all going into like serfdom again. We're all going to like, how about no. we're, we're going to live subsistently, subsistent farming. That's not it. No, but that would be a really great push for it, wouldn't it? 
you're now going to farm your own vegetables because you can't afford to buy them. You know how much you hate gardening? <laughs> More. Me? No, as in like people. You, do they gardening? You hate gardening? No. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I know you hate gardening. I don't have a garden, so where am I supposed to go well, gardening? Well, if that doesn't prove anything, oh, it's right. a... Is it? For living in a flat with no living room in London. Well, that's your choice. You're always... You're, <laughs> you're always telling us how much you want to do gardening. That's not remotely true. I've never once expressed a desire to do gardening. In public or private. Look, it actually really hurts me when you make these type of things up. <laughs> if you had any respect for me as a colleague, friend, or someone whose feelings are valid, you would think about that before you make mm. these wild claims. If anyone thinks it's an appropriate way for a line manager to feed this in now, please let me know. Um, if you reply yes, you can come to a live screening of the pub call. <laughs> if you reply yes, you get my job. Yeah. <laughs> that could be our, our Patreon service, couldn't it? Like you just buy panel job. Ollie gaslights you. Yeah. You do his job. People would pay me a lot of money for that. (laughs) (laughs) Individual services. Planning reform. That's what you do. Number one. Mm -hmm. Heal the planning system. Zonal planning. Um your regulation. By regulation, not consent. Overhaul completely. But he said something about planning today. Number two. Number two. Five million homes, one million of which are small linked. Number three. See an infrastructure project. Completed infrastructure project. HS2 going to fucking Orkney. The whole nine years. <laughs> <laughs> reservoir? Yeah. Want a reservoir? Build a fucking reservoir. Okay. And the question is obviously there's three ways of paying for things tax, borrow, make cuts. Mm-hmm. I'll take either of the first two. I've got a fourth way to win an election. I've got another tactic. It, they can win the second Falklands War. Someone's been reading my Twitter. Absolutely. I'm a big fan. <laughs> you should have gaslit him and said, said no, I read that on On Hers. I uh, what no, I read that in my own brain. Yeah. But you can't read. I can read my own thoughts. <laughs> it's a complex series of glyphs. Yeah, so I, yeah. What, so the argument goes, all of this analysis that we're doing, this pained analysis that we're doing, and by the way, we're going to have Torsten Bell in tomorrow. We'll do probably a, a slightly better job of explaining all of this than I'm currently doing. He... Uh, sorry, no. Our analysis is irrelevant because what happens in the next year in British politics is going to be dictated by the fact that Papacito Javi is going to fucking send his boys into Puerto Stanley. Batalla. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's going to send his boys to Las Malvinas. Uh, and despite the fact that we have an incredibly decrepit uh, military capacity, somehow, somehow, they will either defend or reclaim the Falklands, upon which... Rishi Sunak rides again, three-term prime minister. Because you can draw the comparison, right? I don't Britain, Britain, sorry, no go. Britain in the grip of economic and political turmoil. Its prime minister floundering in the polls, weak. But then the junta <laughs> wins the war. History changes. Instead of being a one-time prime minister, Thatcher rules for more than a decade. Rishi Sunak could be the same. We are all going to be in the grips of Sunakism. Just tech. Just tech. Everybody gets a Peloton and a hoodie. And that's it. And that's what, everything you get from the state. And an AI friend. <laughs> and yeah, for like, you know, lonely pensioners. Did you, did you know, um, Elon, Elon said that in his interview with Rishi. Rishi was like, you know, we were talking a lot about the fears because Elon, <laughs> Rishi had said, so what's going to happen? And Elon was like, no one's going to have a job. He was like, AI will take everyone's job 
and we're probably going to have to talk about universal basic income and like quite a high universal basic income because AI will deliver like unprecedented economic growth. Rishi's- and Rishi's kind of sat there like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> not that, not that. <laughs> that sounds an awful lot like socialism. <laughs> uh, so he's like, okay, well, how about we talk about the positive? <laughs> Elon goes, well, you'll probably, you'll probably have a friend. You'll probably have an AI friend. Um, he, I think he gave an example of someone's, was it his, one of his kids? No. He was talking about a kid with um, with um, learning difficulties, and he was saying that you know he struggles to make friends, and that AI would basically be able to do language analysis of things that he'd written either for school or posted online, and would therefore be able to deduce like his personality type, and then formulate a digital friend. That's horrific. That, that, that is like so. Instead of having support networks and facilities and resources for kids with special needs to meet each other and socialize together and resources we are going to put them in front of a screen and say well we don't need to bother with this anymore plug them into the matrix baby Fuck that. that's awful they could all picture this they could all be sat individually in the seats in the sphere plugged in and they all wear these type of glasses could be google glass could be mm-hmm. anything could be snap that when they look at the sphere they see something different the people around them mm. and the sphere is just like a giant friend they wouldn't. They wouldn't need to be in the sphere for that. No, no, no. But I'm just. Fair. I'm combining like the late capitalist material, like hellscape. If the sphere became a massive resource center for people with learning difficulties, yep. I would be quite for it. Cool. If that was the contingency of it, I think that would change my mind to being pro sphere. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Did you ever go to the Millennium Dome? Fuck you. You mean the O2? No, I mean no, the Millennium, Millennium Dome. Dome. I only have been to the hotel. I've never been to the Millennium Dome. The Millennium Dome was what it was. When it had, no, I know, no, I know that. I know that. that. I know that huge like walk through a human being. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Do you remember the room when it was the hair and there was knits in it? No, that really stuck with me. I remember going through the heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your favourite part of the body? Well, <laughs> I was like seven. <laughs> Listeners, Ollie just written down Fanny. (laughs) (laughs) That's so weird. BWBS. Bubs. Bubs. (laughs) Like the Welsh. Bubs. Ollie Ollie proving that he can't write. (laughs) How did you read that? I read! (laughs) Yes. I can read. I actually mimed it to him. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was obscene. What is the mime for bubs? Whoa. <laughs> Um, that was a sensory experience, the Millennium Dome. It was meant, you know. So you would have liked it, is what I'm saying. Okay. When did you When did you first come down the road, London? Mm. Probably when I was like eight or nine. That's past the Millennium, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we we're on the load of that. That was my big memory of that. What did you think of it? I'm sure I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I I haven't been on the London Eye since, but I'm sure it remains as really an experience. <laughs> What would have to have to happen in like the course of your life that you end up proposing to your girlfriend on the Millennium on the London Eye? Um, I'd have to be hit in the head. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I, I'm not massively opposed to it. I mean, okay. It could be quite nice. As in, like, if you have a private pod, you could do it really nicely. I think. It'd be quite a giveaway if you got a private pod, though, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, but I think the most people kind of not vaguely know when they would be supposed to. You could really do quite a good gaslighting series by like... Well, you're, can, you're, you want me to gaslight my girlfriend more than I already do. Start, start as you need to go on. <laughs> Welcome to marriage. Just enter into a loads of scenarios where like it would it would seem that you were about to propose and then I'm really confused. Then never. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I might not do that, to be no, fair. She's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think women have a very good sense of whether or not they're about to be proposed to. I think so. Yeah. You can always tell look by looking at the nails, can't you? When the engagement po- picture gets posted. Yeah. Are the nails fresh? A lot Nine of times out of ten. Passing it on, you'll be like, go and get your nails done. Is it? Yeah. But that would give the game away. No, no, no. Sometimes you drip read it. So like with one of my friends, I told her about four times over a year to go and get her nails done. Was that, well, is that not gaslighting? It was planned. It was planned. Okay. Would you, sorry, would you not, why did you know I outpick the ring. Right. I know her better than him. <laughs> <laughs> Is that normal? What, to to do that? Yeah. yeah. I've, heard, I've heard of people like asking yeah. the girlfriends, friends for advice and family. Yeah, it's, it's a nice thing. It's not like, it's not a sinister thing. Okay. Do you think you should have done that? No, I took a shortcut to that. I just bought the stone and then oh. got her to design it. Yeah, because I dare not enter that that field. No, have you, like when you ever discuss like interior design with your partner? Oh yeah, and <laughs> she's like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> That's the ugliest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I just sand floors and build walls. <laughs> that's, that's that's what I do. I am man and, and tend to the farm. Yeah, and grow um, kale. But yeah, I cut so. You, I came into work on Monday mm-hmm. and my Mac didn't recognize my fingerprint because it was God, God Jesus. like sandpaper. Um, if I venture and say, perhaps the living room should be sage green. <laughs> no, 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 no. What color is the living room going to be? Uh, I'll let you know when she's decided. My uncle was doing up his house with his wife and the one thing he was in charge of was... Um, deciding which light switch corresponded to which section of lights yeah. in the living room and he, he did it wrong <laughs> <laughs> like when the when the wiring was done he was like darling look my project my pet project and he flicked one on and she's like no <laughs> that doesn't make any sense the middle should be windows window lighting I can't remember 
I, I don't think I, you need a light on a window. No, but I think like I, I think the window sorry, that actually was, provides the light. Uh, no, 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 no. In Scotland, if you press the middle switch, yeah. then a wall just becomes windows. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like their equivalent of the bean thing. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why they abolished tuition fees. And they're also malnourished because they don't have windows, it's just concrete. And they press the middle middle switch. Yeah, right. and we, also, we have vitamin D deficiency. You should do something about that. I'd take vitamin D supplements. Do you? Mm-hmm. And a lot of protein. Yeah, I do. There's something about like, if you grew up in the west of Scotland, you are like, there's no way for you to get a sufficient amount of vitamin D. Even but, if you spent every waking minute outside, right? Yeah, still yeah, yeah, you still can. Like, <laughs> which, is, which seems biologically mental. I read something absolutely insane, yeah, an insane tweet the other day that basically said if you if you get burnt in your home country, that proves you're not indigenous. And I was thinking like, this is a really, this is going to be a real hard thing to accept in Glasgow because all of it is <laughs> <laughs> getting burnt in the winter. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Mm. Oh. People always laugh at me in London, which is bizarre, that I, when I put on like um, Batch 50 Hunger Group, as if we don't have the same skin tone, as if we aren't culturally homogenous. Me and you. No, you. Oh, you're of Italian heritage. Mm. But fucking this guy, we're this very guy. similar. I'm half Australian, bud. Sorry, bro. Is is your mother one of the original peoples of Australia? No. So I imagine we have quite similar ethnic background. You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> don't know. I would not necessarily not like to think that. I'm um, whenever we take a picture of the three of us, I don't like I definitely don't like standing next to you. I look like I look orange. <laughs> like <laughs> I look, yeah. You 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 go quite light in the winter. Yeah. Mm. I get very red hands in the winter as well. Maybe I should get on the Samaritz. We all should. They just what would happen bed. if you got on a sunbed? Do you think you'd come out like a toasty? Razor. <laughs> I just go like slightly <laughs> Slightly paler milk would yeah. be like the color of my skin, like, like sour milk. Yeah, yeah. It goes whole milk. yogurt, yogurt that from skimmed. Oat milk, full fat. Oat milk is slightly nut, like a slightly browner, <laughs> nuttier. Oat milk is slightly nuttier. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Joe Politics Podcast. We talk about PMQs. Yes, and what a fucking shithole Stockton is. Well, there you are. Finally, someone said it. <laughs> I've been dying to. Ed's going to vote Tory for the second time. <laughs> oh, when was the first time? 2017, let's say. Because James Cleverly. Well, we don't know it's James Cleverly. Everyone's saying it's James Cleverly. But oh. I can, I, listening to the clip, I can tell you who it was. I'm telling you that it's James Cleverly. I, I'm <laughs> cynical that it's James Cleverly. Really? I don't think it sounds like him at all, to be honest with you. I think it sounds exactly like him. Should we play the clip? Yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Speaker. Yeah. Why are thirty-four percent of children in my constituency living in poverty? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's tough. I'm Mr. Speaker. Listeners, if you maybe crank up the volume a little bit and listen to it again, you might be able to hear that as the question draws to its conclusion of why are thirty-four percent of children in my constituency living in poverty? Someone in the background says, "Because it's a shithole." Mm-hmm. Not oh. great. Not great optics, is it? Especially, it's quite inappropriate given the question. Yeah. And inappropriate to say in an area with lots of microphones and cameras. It's inappropriate, whatever the question is. You can't, Especially, you can't like, you know, you can... But no, you can about chance. Milton Keynes. That's the only time you can do that. When that guy stood up and goes, thank you so much to the king for making Milton Keynes a city, if anyone shouted out, shithole, I'd go, 
promote him. <laughs> That's our next prime minister. <laughs> that is the moment Rishi Sunak became prime minister. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, 34% of children living in poverty. Um, not a very high percentage. You know, the TUC estimate that there's 1.5 million people who are in work who are in poverty at the moment. Mm-hmm. 1.5 million people. How many... I swear the Joseph Roundtree Foundation has put out how many children are living in poverty and it's it's multiple millions, isn't it? So to only have 34% of your children, if you compare that probably to the national average, not so bad. Sit back down. Someone else stand up. Who's Who's got a better figure? <laughs> who's got it worse? I don't know. I think more than a third of the children in one area are living in poverty. It's quite a lot. A, a hell of a lot of people in this country are living in poverty. But the point, oh, yeah. the point that I am making is... I would, I would have thought it would have been a lot worse than that, and right. I, I'm not sure about his figures. So I'm questioning. I'm going to, I'm going to push back on Ava's assessment of this interaction. you've you've done the Jeremy amplification of that. You've been like, well, it could be worse. <laughs> I think, and also Milton Keynes is a shithole. Cancel me. They should be grateful that it's not 35%. I did do something earlier where we were talking about ULEZ and some the, the other person goes, oh, um, d- well, if you look at the South Circular, it's absolutely fine there, air quality. And I was like, well, that is the first place that someone died of air pollution. And they were like, it's only one child. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that's not good. We'll take your empathy for ULEZ. And project it onto the children living in poverty in Stockton. Yeah. More poverty now. <laughs> no, more accurate figures is what I'm saying. Any um, any other questions that took your fancy? During PMQs? I'm trying to think. I like Kistama's question on mental health. That was good. Mm-hmm. What was your takeaway from that? Well, I just think that it's good. It's getting airtime. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um I think uh, I I think uh, it's an important issue, and I think I'm I'm glad that he uh, that he raised it. Mm. The whole thing about the NHS is quite mm. good. That was smart, actually. That connection between the the people on the waiting list and a stagnant economy, mm-hmm. and I thought that was quite clever. How can you know a builder can't contribute? The economy can't grow. Can't contribute to the economy if a builder is waiting for a, a year to to have an operation. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a smart conjunction. Yeah. Two issues. Yes, to speak. This week, the Prime Minister unveiled the latest version of his five pledges for the country. Let's hope he has more success with these than the last ones. Did he forget the NHS? Prime Minister. Well, Mr. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, not only when I became Prime Minister, just weeks after becoming Prime Minister, we injected record funding into the NHS. And in social care, we also unveiled the first ever long-term workforce plan in the NHS's 75-year history. But I'm pleased he mentioned the five pledges because, as he knows, three of them are economic. And on a day which we will focus on the economy, I'm pleased to report that we have indeed halved inflation. No thanks to the party opposite. We have indeed grown the economy and we have indeed reduced debt. That's a Conservative government delivering for this country. Can you start by not again. Well, the reason he ignored the NHS, not only in his new pledges, but just now, is because 7.8 million people are currently on the waiting lists. Yeah. That's half a million more than when he pledged to bring them down 
nearly a year ago. There was a story in the paper this week, and I forget the number of people. I think it was like one in 20 people are missing work waiting for a GP appointment. Really? It's quite a lot of people. That is a lot. Yeah. You said one in 20 is a lot, and you also said 34% was not a lot. I was saying... I Thank you, Ed, for imposing some intellectual honesty on the podcast. <laughs> Last year, the Conservatives moved the parameters of what was defined as poverty, and the Joseph Rowntree Foundation were really angry about that. They mm. were like, you can't, you can't just move the figures and say there are less children in poverty. And so what I'm asking is, is Alex Cunningham going off the new Conservative parameters rather than what is right. typically defined as poverty? Right. Okay. Yeah. I understand your hesitation now. Thank there, you. There is a, um, a place I want to send one of you to that mm. there's a place in the country where uh, 20% of the population is on a waiting list Jesus or NHS waiting list yeah wow that's a lot be a good pace wouldn't it yeah that's really good who wants it who do you fight who do you think it would suit more <laughs> who do you think would do it better no as an as an I think it's it's an intro. I think even I do like different styles of video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, uh, a that's, Ed, that, that's way of saying like I don't want it. Ed does no. good. I do good videos. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I think as in, there's a de- there's definite. We we all have different styles of making videos and editing and stuff. I think which adds to the rich tapestry of content on the Paul's Show YouTube channel. Very good, Ed. Bonus for you. Thank you. <laughs> I thank <laughs> you. I think this is not the appropriate forum to have that conversation. Okay, that's fair. Comment who you think would do it. Mm. Not another one. It's the Joe Politics Podcast. You know, after um, when the video you edited from Senate Day, mm. my girlfriend texted me and asked if I'd edited it. And I said no. And she was like, oh, I, d- I didn't think so. You could recognise the different nuances of, <laughs> of editing. You do have a very specific style of editing, actually. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm a, uh, an author when it comes to Fox Pop. Yeah, no, you, you, you are quite magnificent with your editing skills. Oh, thank you. You're very kind. I like to approach it with, how quickly can I get this done? <laughs> Ed's a perfectionist. Yeah. No, I like the making of the content. Editing, less fun than the reporting. It's so exhausting because, like, I'm just like, guys, I just think this is so beneath me. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's not true. Do it, and it's also not true that I don't like editing. I'm just really not very good at it. That's also not true. No, it is, and that's fine. Is that it for PMQ? Should we talk about the sphere? Yeah, yeah sphere, 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 sphere. The sphere is displeased, isn't it? This you have angered the sphere. <laughs> the sphere is raging. We're going to we're going to realize the sphere is cognizant and inhabited by a malignant spirit. It's going to it's just going to appear in Stratford and rain terror down on Cannes London. So I was led to believe that we might have an argument about this on the podcast over, but it sounds like you've changed your opinion on it. I don't know what you're talking about. I have always been very anti sphere. <laughs> and um <laughs> I'm going to get receipts. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, we were sitting in the office. Yesterday, was it? Or the day before? Bizarrely, I'm sitting next to Ed, and Ed is just going on and on about what a beautiful structure the sphere is <laughs> and how he would he would die to live next to it. 
Yep. And open his curtains and have a big advertising ball looking at him in the eyes. Yeah, look, I don't think it's good uh, to have a ginormous, like, a ginormous advertising billboard that you can advertise to about one million people on. I think that's gauche. I think it's a perfect distillation of our modern materialist consumerist culture. It sickens me. Um, number two, why not just build like 5,000 flats? No, no, that's where I get annoyed. Oh, okay. You're going to get the argument you wanted. Can I carry Eva's take, please? From the video. Um, I like you being the arbiter of honesty on this. On this Someone else did. The Olympic Park was built to host people. Get some curtains and let the area <laughs> Which is in response to the complaint of light pollution from the fucking huge sphere. Huge LED screen outside people's homes. Get some curtains. I hadn't slept that day. <laughs> Can you imagine looking out your window and it just being advertising? Can I just say, I do. So, yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that. What's your argument for it? No, 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 no. Hang on. Let's just go back to your point there about, mm. can you just say that again, just so it can piss me off again? You could build several thousand flats there no. instead of that concept. Really. Get to fuck, because it's not sphere or social housing, all right? It's not Sophie's choice between sphere wow. or social it's housing. It's choice because it's an easy choice of that. The there, yeah, obviously. Sophie's <laughs> like, choice is a difficult choice. Sophie's choice like, in any way. <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> I agree. It's not that's, Sophie's choice. That's, that's like if Sophie was choosing between one child and like a crisp packet. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, that was fucking easy. <laughs> What's it? That's such a different film. That's the argument I'm trying to make is that all of the commentary straight away was we should be building social housing, ban the sphere, build housing. Yes, that is a really obvious take. Well done. You have made the most simplistic observation possible on this site. However, that was coming in through private money to build the sphere, right? And so private developers were going to build it. Madison Square In Newham Council... There is no money to build social housing. It's got one of the highest... They're spending something like £10 million a year putting um, people up in hotels, putting people up in temporary accommodation because there, there physically isn't enough social housing for the council to accommodate for. Sounds like building some right? housing there would be a pretty Yeah, good it would be, but you can't get developers to build social housing. You can't get a private company to do it because they're not charities and they make no money off of it. They only want to build luxury apartments. Ergo, there needs to be government intervention where they give the council money to build the social housing. Correct. And that's not happening right now. It could and it should. So that's... <laughs> Which is exactly my argument. Yeah, and I am with you on that. But the campaign is to build social housing. It's got nothing to do with the sphere. It's not either or. Who did the sphere occupy, occupy space that could be used for social housing? Correct. Right, on that point. <laughs> Simply on live in the sphere. <laughs> On that point, yes, I agree with you. Mm. The problem is private land, yeah, big private developer will pay market price for private land. Mm. There is no money in the social sector to buy private land to build social houses. That's the point. Compulsory purchase order, government money, either in grant, stipend, or just capital investment, give it all to the council, buy the land. But they're not doing that right now. 
you're living in, you're doing, you're, you're, I'm going to fucking say it. It was student politics what was going on on Monday. Because <laughs> it's an obvious, it's an obvious wow. take. It's an obvious take. Obviously, it's obvious, we would like. It's so fucking simple. No, because we all want that. <laughs> we all want that. So when we do it, it's a failure of political imagination to imagine, to say it's not possible. Um, Let's have the politics of the possible. Yeah, maybe. Dream big. Shoot yeah. for the moon, so if you fall, you land on the clouds, baby. What do we think about it as a cultural venue, as an attraction? I mean, we've already fucked it with the Millennium Dome, haven't we? We've already got, <laughs> we've already... <laughs> we got rid of the best thing to happen to this country. <laughs> no, we turn that into a concert venue. But it's not like in London. London there are so many big venues for Wembley. Art. Yeah, or two. It is kind of different, isn't it? Sphere. Yeah, but like... You watch the videos from the yeah, it looks quality. It does, and we also settled on. So what the problem that the council had with it, alongside the capacity, the big issue was that it was going to be a big light-up advertising ball. Mm. If they could have found a way to make it not advertising ball on the outside, it's just normal building, then Sphere okay. But it was the fact that it was light, lit up, that was the problem. That goes back to your argument about building more housing. Yeah, you're okay with it now. You're all right with the Sphere. Because there's no light pollution. Well, what about the social housing, Ollie? Build sphere, no social I housing. Didn't, I didn't say that. I don't, think, don't actually know what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I um, You were inhabited I by wrote the some, sphere. I some mental texts to like, the girl group chat on Monday. <laughs> they were like... I literally like blocked someone. I Because they were <laughs> Why did you block her? It's like, she would not shut up about the fucking sphere. And her points were stupid. When she said, we should build housing, not the sphere. I blocked her. That take is obvious and stupid. I want to engage with her further. It's me. I'm the girly. Yeah. Group chat that uh, is blocked. That is... I don't think that's the most rational thing you've ever done. No, but... I... Yeah, and it was funny because like the way I punctuated it, I read it back and it looked like Andrew Tate had written it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you've chatted to this councillor. Yeah. So shall we listen to the interview? Some of it? Should we listen to some of the interview? Jink is getting too long. Should we just tell him to go and listen to it on the Politics Show website? Yeah, go. Website. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah, go to the Politics Show. YouTube. Oh no, I'll give so you a snippet. A little little taste. <laughs> a little taste. Enjoy. Genius councillor takes down it. Foolish journalists, screens and the light pollution, even the mitigations for that are harmful in and of themselves. So the blackout blinds, I've been sort of saying that if you get to a point where you have to offer blackout blinds to make your proposal more acceptable, then isn't that a sign that the proposal isn't acceptable in the first place? On the face of it, does London need more entertainment venues? Absolutely. Um, there's an argument that actually at that size, you know, you've already, it's sort of the same capacity as the O2. Maybe you, maybe there's a bigger gap in the market at a different sort of capacity. That's what I've been hearing from lots of people. But um, I'm not, you know, I I come from a theatre background. I'm not against more entertainment venues, particularly in 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 Stratford. But now the sphere has been rejected, um, thanks to the hard work of the Stop the MSG Sphere campaign. Zach Polanski on the Assembly, Sean Berry, who was a Green candidate for mayor last time, and who. Um, campaigned against that as part of that campaign Zoe Garbett who's our candidate next year um, and us as councillors and residents coming together we've, we've got the sphere rejected they've announced yesterday that they're selling the land and what we're saying now is actually some sort of justice for the area for the five years of heartache this has caused would be more social housing on the site and so we're 
I've called for the mayor of Newham, Roxana Fias, the mayor of London, that he can't come together and try and find a way that that land could be either bought up by the council or the GLA if the, if the numbers work out or some social housing provider to actually build something that contributes to solving Newham's problems rather than making them worse. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen, but Newham has a massive temporary accommodation crisis costing tens of millions of pounds a year right now. Um, that's money that would have been going to you know, schools or to making our streets cleaner or to um, supporting residents, but is, is, is having to go to hotels, the nightly hotel bills. And I think that's um, such a huge waste of, of, of money, but there just isn't spaces and we have to house these people rightly. We have to house them. And so we need more, more housing in, in Newham. And I think some social housing on the site could really contribute to solving that problem. Yeah, I did come upstairs and hang my head in shame, didn't I? First thing you said when you returned to the desk. Mm, what did I say? He ran rings around me or something like that. Yeah, so you're like punch drunk from an intellectual rush. <laughs> so something second... in like Conor McGregor. <laughs> so he opened his mouth and I knew I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you had an intellectual black eye. <coughs> yeah. Should we call it there? Mm. Probably. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Politics Show podcast. See you on the next one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.